Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Buck Starts Here. That is the name of this podcast. Um, I am joined here today in person. It's momentous. I could touch him, but I won't. By Eric Freeman, a resident credit card editor. <laughs> How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Uh, I am happy to have you here in my home. You are the first person that's been here in over a year uh, outside of my wife. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's pretty weird. I got to be honest. Honestly, this is crazy. I, I'm, I know we're vaccinated, but I'm also just having a really hard time looking at you as I talk to you because eye contact feels like very dirty now. <laughs> it, it does. I'm used to looking in the general direction of a computer screen and otherwise I, I don't know how to interact with people and I didn't really before so I'm doing pretty poorly now. Let's just agree not to look at each other. I'm going to read this disclaimer now. You ready? Let's do it. All right. <sighs> The views expressed here are those of Credit Karma's editorial team, who are associated persons of Credit Karma, Inc. They do not represent the views of Credit Karma, Inc. or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. Any information provided by podcast guests does not reflect the views of Credit Karma, Inc., the editorial team, or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. The podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be used as financial credit or legal advice. It does not constitute an offer for any product. You should not make any decisions based solely on what you hear on this show. Each person's situation is different and you should do your own research. Credit Karma receives compensation from third-party advertisers, but that doesn't affect our opinions on this show. Credit Karma's marketing partners do not review, approve, or endorse our content. Financial products can change over time, so listeners should check terms and conditions for current information. The information on this show is accurate to the best of our knowledge when it's recorded. Hey. Hi. Thanks for sticking around. <laughs> I'm still here. I... I live here i can't go anywhere i guess i guess that's true well thanks for not kicking me out um yeah. <laughs> so the reason the reason i have you here today is because i really want to talk about travel credit cards because as we mentioned in our intro oh so subtly the world is reopening we're vaccinated people might start traveling again and there's like this whole host of credit cards travel credit cards that could potentially be helpful with that and you're honestly you know the person i would want to want to talk to about oh, well, thank you. travel credit cards. Um, so I guess my first question for you is, there are a lot of different types of rewards cards out there, like cashback cards, travel credit cards. I'm blanking on any other kind of rewards cards, but I know they exist, like gas credit cards. Retail cards. Retail yeah. cards. Um, are travel credit cards worth it? Like, why, why would I want to do a travel credit card instead of just getting, like, a cashback card where I just get 2% back on everything. Well, uh, I think the basic idea of a travel credit card, uh, like any rewards card, but particular to travel cards, is that you are getting points for your purchases, which you're also getting in cashback. Effectively, you're also getting, if, say, you have a card at a particular retail store and you get points that you can then use to cover your purchases at that shop. But the idea with the travel card is that you're earning points that you then redeem for travel in some way. The thing to keep in mind with that is if you don't travel, if you aren't redeeming for certain things, you're not going to get any value out of that. So you could have hundreds of millions of points and it wouldn't, matter if you can't really go anywhere so for the past year plus 
we've been in a situation where people are spending still. They're spending on groceries. They're spending on takeout, etc. But they can't actually redeem their points for anything. So was a travel card good over the past year? Probably not. Mm. Could it still be a way for you to earn more points than you would with other cards? Absolutely. But ultimately, if you can't redeem, you could have earned enough points to get you enough to cover, say, $800 of a plane ticket. But if if you couldn't actually redeem for the plane ticket, you didn't have any real value there. That's really true. I dated a guy briefly who was like, why would I ever leave Boston? Like, Boston is the best city on the face of the planet. Why would I want to go anywhere? And I was like, well, I guess, you know, that kind of sucks because I don't live in Massachusetts. <laughs> it didn't work out. Um, no, it, it doesn't sound like it would. <laughs> he was really nice, though. He had other alluring qualities. His lack of desire for travel was not among them. But <laughs> there, are other, there are other reasons to be attracted to him. Um, anyway, less on my love life and more on travel credit cards. Um, there are... Like, the basic point with travel credit cards is if you don't travel they're probably not worth it. Exactly. Or if so as I was saying before the the idea there is there are lots of people who were still earning those points over the last year and to them it was worth it to have a travel to have a travel credit card because they knew that they were earning value at the same time that they could apply to purchases in the future or for say a temporary basis they could use it for cash back or actually there were some issuers like chase for a time on i think it was on both the chase sapphire preferred and the chase sapphire reserve you could redeem uh the travel credit that you get usually you could use that on i believe it was grocery purchases so like there there are other ways to get it, but if you're trying to take the long view on things and saying, this is a card that I want to have for a long time, this is a card that I want to use on an ongoing basis, ultimately, if you're not someone that is going to travel often, if, say, you just don't ever want to leave Boston, you don't <laughs> even want to go to, like, Worcester or something like that, <laughs> sorry, you're not going to get a lot of value out of a travel card because you don't travel you should probably get a, a cash back card and there are other reasons that you wouldn't want to get a travel card necessarily but we can get into those in a bit I yeah think. yeah i think like one thing about travel credit cards that stands out from just getting a typical cash back card and using whatever cash back you get to travel is that you can frequently earn rewards at a higher rate on travel credit cards than you can on cash back cards um there aren't too many cashback cards that even get to the 2% cashback rate. And there's just like a handful that I can think of that even go over that. And those are really hard to get. And then their other terms are complicated. So in that sense, there are a lot more travel credit cards that I can think of off the top of my head that have a higher rewards earning rate. So if you, if you travel, like that could be a reason to get a travel credit card. And theoretically, you can actually, for a lot of travel credit cards, redeem the points for other things like... If you have a Chase Sapphire Reserve or Preferred, you can use it to like buy stuff in the Apple Store or like other random likes and stuff. But a lot of times, um, the like 
the the exchange rate for those points isn't that great and you're probably better off with the cashback card anyway so it really it really makes more sense to use those points for travel because that's where you get typically the best bang for your buck with a travel card um i think i think the thing here to think about you're like i'm assuming if you're listening to this show you're already interested in travel you're not my ex from boston um so what are some of the things that you would need to think about when you're trying to choose a travel credit card? Um, so I think earning rates is absolutely one. Uh, if you spend a lot on groceries, you're probably going to want to find a card that has a higher rate on groceries. Uh, like, say, you might want to look for one that gets three points per dollar you spend on groceries. Uh, if you tend to eat out more, you would probably want to look for one that's on restaurants like ultimately and i think this is true of any card you you want to find somebody where it's going to be a natural process for you to earn based on the kind of spending that you already do we tend to say like if you if you find that you're changing your habits because of the particular card that you have it probably isn't worth it for you uh yeah, going into credit yeah. card debt to get points is typically not a great idea because the interest rates involved can be very, very high. <laughs> Outside of debt, even like if I like to cook and I don't like to go out to eat or order takeout or anything like that, I should probably find something where I'm going to get rewarded for the fact that I like to cook. Yeah, I will say, just like side note, there's such a thing as manufactured spending and like trying to game the system with rewards cards. We're not going to talk about that because we're not experts in that and we don't want to lead you lead you astray. If that's something you're interested in, you can go on the internet and learn about it yourself. You're welcome. You're on your own. <laughs> but otherwise, I totally agree with you, Eric. Uh, the other thing that I think kind of folds into the rewards earning rate is sign-up bonuses. A lot of travel credit cards have like really, really great sign-up bonuses, but sometimes you have to spend a lot to get the sign up bonus. So you kind of want to try and think about like strategically when is a good time for you to sign up for the credit card. Like for some people it's around Christmas time when they know they're going to be spending a lot of money on gifts. For me, it was when I had a lot of business related travel coming up and I put all the travel on my credit card and then had my company reimburse me for the travel, um, which earned me the, the uh, sign up bonus real quick. Uh, but yeah, there's, I think there's other potential events. Like maybe you're buying a new computer or something. There's all sorts of reasons you might be putting a lot of money on your credit card all of a sudden. But yeah, you don't want to miss out on those sign-up bonuses. No, you definitely don't want to miss out on the sign-up bonus. If there's one offered, uh, you will find that you're usually going to get more points for the amount you spend than you would ever get with, with just your regular earning rates. And say there are also might be a case where if you're getting an airline credit card they might offer you something like a discount on a plane ticket or anything like that so you definitely want to watch out for it you know uh just just as a quick reminder this conversation is not financial advice and it does not replace your own research before making any financial decisions um okay so um i think another major consideration is the kind of travel credit card that you want. And there's just three major categories, I would say, for credit cards, which is like a general travel credit card, 
which is kind of like you earn points and you can use those points with like a bunch of different airlines or to like redeem certain purchases kind of like that and then there's like travel portal credit cards where they encourage you to use like a proprietary portal or transfer your points to a partner and then there's like a hotel slash airline slash cruise specific credit card so that would be like your united airlines credit cards or carnival cruise credit cards of the world a really popular one right now (laughs) um side note i don't know is the cruise industry okay they're booking cruises really yeah i saw like articles on it recently have you ever been on a cruise i went on one when i was 10 my grandparents got my parents a gift for their 25th wedding anniversary i think it was the 25th and we went on a cruise of the is it the black sea anyway it it was not a cruise for a child there were not a, a lot of kids. No, that's really funny. I, my family, growing up, they were just like not cruise people, and I am absolutely not. I, I, yeah, I have some friends who love going on cruises. Just like love, love, love them, and like our age. No, they're old. Oh, okay. They can't wait to get back though, and I'm just like, I, you could not pay me to get on a cruise pre-pandemic. You couldn't pay pay me to oh, get on no. a cruise. It is not my style. And then, like, I don't know if other people remember this, but there was, like, a while where there was just, like, a bunch of cruise ships stuck in Oakland at the beginning of the pandemic. I don't even know. Whatever happened to those people? I assume they got off eventually. (laughs) Eventually, yeah. Anyway, so I will not be getting on a cruise anytime soon. Um, But maybe, I don't know, maybe you really love that cruise in life. I also know a couple who um, they rented out their apartment in D.C. and the amount of money that they were able to get for their apartment, they just used it to live on cruises year round. They would just like slowly sail around the world. <laughs> that sounds like my nightmare, but okay. <laughs> they had a great time. Uh, so anyway, I think that there's like advantages and disadvantages to each of these different types of credit cards, travel credit cards. And I think it kind of depends on your lifestyle and how you like plan to redeem. Like if you are a really hardcore United nut like, that's all you take. Like, my best friend, she used to, pre-pandemic times, have to fly to China six or seven times a year. And she always flew United and she always flew business. Like, it made sense for her. It makes sense for her to have a United card. I actually don't know if she does, but it makes sense for her to have one. <laughs> she should if she doesn't. <laughs> really missing out. Exactly. Because uh, you, you just get so many points. Like, if you are that kind of traveler, like, it totally makes sense. But, you know, if you don't really fly United a ton, like, if you live in an airport where they're just not a major it's not a major hub for united i'm picking on united because they are a major hub here in san francisco but it could be like southwest or i don't know spirit airlines like whatever it is (laughs) if they don't fly out of the airport near you it's probably not worth it to get that credit card yes uh i think if you're gonna get an airline specific credit card or say a hotel specific card you want to make sure that is your brand and you're always using them um if say you get an airline card you might get a benefit like free check bags Mm -hmm. or i think they call them 
complimentary check bags because I can't say free. Because <laughs> you but, still had to pay for the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you get, <laughs> I just like to send my bags around the world. I don't even need the ticket. Um, but uh, you could get that or you might get uh, a benefit at a at a higher tier. And in that case, we're talking about an annual fee that's probably going to be over like $200 or so. But you might get like automatic loyalty tier of some kind that will get you something like automatic upgrades when 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 they have them or uh you might get like a companion credit on a ticket or something like that so um if you have an airline you definitely want to watch out for that if there's a hotel chain like you're a hilton guy or something like that uh I don't know who those people are, but to use your example, say if you're someone that travels a lot on business and you're always at the same hotel, um, you would want to get a card that uh, gives you points at that hotel. You might get like automatic gold or something there where you can get a breakfast or something like that. Interesting side note. Uh, I used to work in sports media, and sports writers are obsessed with Marriott points. They love them. (laughs) There have been entire articles written on it. That's really funny. Um, Anyway, so so yeah, so those that's some some stuff to think about. Um, There are so then there's kind of like this other category, like the like the Chase Sapphire Reserve. Or like, well, I, I think we should probably talk about the other three categories that you mentioned first, right? Right, right. So like the travel portal cards, there, there's a bunch of them, and that's kind of like your Chase Sapphire preferred and like Amex cards, mm-hmm. like where they have these proprietary travel portals where you can like log in and book travel through them, um, and sometimes like you get deals or you can transfer points to partners, and that can be great, especially if you're not loyal to one particular airline or hotel or whatever it is like you don't care like where you use the points as long as you get points um one thing to note on those is that they typically take a little more effort from you like you 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 have to be willing to scour the like portal for a particular deal um and you might end up flying with an airline that you haven't ever been on before and you you kind of have to be more open to the experience of uh searching out deals as opposed to being in a familiar situation yeah and the other thing to think about too is that you're kind of in the expedia situation which is that you're booking through a third-party provider so if you need to cancel or change any of your flights you have to do that through the credit card you can't do it directly with like the airline or the hotel and sometimes that makes it harder to cancel and get your money back and things like that so that's definitely something to keep in mind in this era of post-pandemic travel um there was definitely a, a like a month where I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to get a refund on these tickets right at the beginning of the pandemic because I booked through a travel portal site. Um, so, so yeah. And then there's also like these like general travel credit cards and that's kind of like the Capital One Venture, the Bank of America Travel Rewards card. And the way that those work, well, typically the way that those work, because I'm not going to say this is how they work all the time, is that you spend money and then you get points back if you spend um, 
either in certain categories or they just give you a certain amount of points back regardless on what you spend. And then you can apply those points back to like, quote unquote, pay for some of your expenses that you used for that credit card. Sometimes you can convert the points into like other kinds of points. Those are kind of more loosey goosey, but they also, I think, require the least amount of thought. They they do. I think if you travel enough that it's a good idea to get a travel card, but you don't want to put in a ton of effort in terms of just how you search for a flight or you don't want to transfer your points from, say, Amex to uh, Hilton or something like that. Uh, those are going to be much easier. You, you still can use uh, a travel portal, and I think both of those ins- instances, but in general, they are going to be easier to use. Yeah, I know at least for the Bank of America credit card, because that was my first travel credit card, um, the most bang for your buck that you get most of the time is when you log in and use it to kind of pay for other parts of your bill. Um, And it's actually a really intuitive uh, little portal that they have set up for that. But you have to remember to go in and do it because those points expire. (laughs) (laughs) And I have definitely, it it has saved me a couple times though, where I've been like, I don't know if I have enough to make ends meet this month. And I had all these travel points and I used it to pay off my credit card bill. So I am great. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) Um, The other thing that you really want to think about when you're picking a credit card, like regardless of whether it's a travel credit card or not, is actually the annual fee. Yes. Yes. Um, Because if you are going to spend a ton of money to just own this credit card, but then you never use the points for anything, (laughs) um, it's probably not a great investment on your part. Uh, It's probably not. Yeah. Uh, I think a good way to consider an annual fee is that is a cost that you're paying that you're going to have to make up at some point with the value of either a perk or the redemptions that you do. So uh, a good example is if you have a cash back card and you're paying a $95 annual fee on that and just off the top of my head, you get... 1% back in every dollar you spend. You're going to have to spend, let's see if I can do the math in my head. You're going to have to spend $9,500 over the course of the year to make sure that you cover only the cost of that fee outside of any like bonuses that you actually earn. Right. So in order to actually make cash back that isn't just going towards paying the annual fee, you would have to spend more than $9,500 in a year. Um, And the same kind of applies to travel credit cards. Like if you're going to use all the perks and bonuses and stuff that comes with it, and you're going to use like the cheaper flights or like whatever it is, then it can be worth it. But you just have to like decide whether or not it's worth it for you, which leads us perfectly into our next topic, which is these luxury travel credit cards that exist that have these super high annual fees, typically, Um, like we're talking, what, $400 plus? Yeah, we... We set the cutoff at Credit Karma at $200, but typically, uh, if it's like a really high-end one, it's going to be over 400 Yeah, for sure. And the, the thing is, like, these cards typically come with higher-end perks that can be really, really great. Like, I think the big one is lounges, which is tough right now because a lot of them are still closed because of the pandemic, but... There is something about waiting in an airport lounge instead of waiting with the rest of the rabble. <laughs> I haven't ever, I haven't ever been in an airport lounge. Oh, 
once once you get it's like sitting it's like going sitting in first class like once you set up there you're like you never want to go back so many free snacks and also you can shower in them which i have never done (laughs) i would not shower in like in an airport lounge shower who knows what goes on in there uh to be clear i'm sure they are fine um and not all lounges have them but that is definitely a perk that i've seen advertised for some of them um one time i got stuck in dulles airport for seven hours because there was a blizzard um and that was on top of my already i think like four hour long wait in between planes because i was trying to get to richmond virginia um the lounge is a very nice place to wait they gave me so much free hot chocolate i loved it (laughs) How old were you? Were you getting all this hot chocolate? I was 30. <laughs> um, yep. Uh, so they put the little marshmallows in it and everything. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, so lounges that that can be a, that can be a huge perk. Um, and a lot of times, these airlines will tell you how much they value like an annual lounge membership at, and it's it's always in the hundreds of dollars. So, if, like, you travel a lot, and it's something that you want to use. Um, it, it can be a good deal. Plus there's free food in lounges and airport food is so expensive. Like, I don't know, maybe you make it back. I would think in general though, uh, that the cost of something like a lounge as determined by the lounge, isn't always the cost that you should use to determine how much it's worth. Um, another way of considering that is if they tell me a lounge is worth, $30 every time I, I I go in. But as I said before, I don't use lounges. It's only worth that to me if I was going to use it anyway. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense? Yeah, that totally okay. makes sense. That totally makes sense. I most of the time these days I travel with my dog. Um, so I try not to be in the airport for any more time than I absolutely have to because I feel like it's a stressful experience for her. But in the before times, before Rosalind Franklin, I I love spending time in lounges. I would go I would go to the airport like three or four hours early and just like hang out in the lounge and drink tiny drinks and <laughs> And eat so many cookies. <laughs> they always have soup. I don't know why, but I love soup. <laughs> Watered down drinks and a bowl of clam chowder. That's the way. To <laughs> and then you get on a plane um, and hope there's no turbulence. So, okay. So lounges. I feel like we've covered lounges in detail, but there's there's other types of perks that you might get. Um, a lot of them have like TSA pre-check or global entry. They they help like pay off the fees for, for those every four years. I just got that. Um, Congratulations. I used it for the first time in March um, because I flew. Was your life changed? Uh, on the way there, it wasn't really great because SFO was pretty empty at that time. But uh, I flew back on the Saturday before Easter. And apparently everybody likes to, to take Easter weekend to go on vacation, even in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so it was packed. And I... it paid for itself in that one time i would 100 percent agree that that's my yeah. experience tsa pre-check is like a thousand percent worth it just not having to take off your shoes is such a good feeling when you <laughs> i didn't have to take my computer out of my bag mm-hmm. it was nice mm-hmm. that's so true like there's just it's i will never go back 
honestly, it is 100% worth it, just in case anyone <laughs> out there. These are my opinions, okay? Not Credit Karma's opinions, but I, Gabby LaPera, you can write me an email if you want, and I will write back to you and say, yes, I agree, 1,000% worth it. That is if you fly. If you don't fly, then probably not worth it. Probably not. <laughs> but then why? Can't really do anything with TSA pre-check <laughs> if you don't fly. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, nope. Um, so another thing that you might get are uh, travel, travel credits. Um, that's a big one. Yeah, it's a, a big one. It's, it's, it's also important to consider how you use the travel credit. Um, like the Chase Sapphire Reserve has a $300 travel credit. You can use that for pretty much anything. It works on train tickets. It works on airline tickets. I think it works on car services. Uh, it works on pretty much anything related to travel that you could consider in my experience. Um, but so that's a $300 travel credit. Uh, the American Express Platinum card which has a $200 airline credit is a little more complicated though, because you can only use that at a particular airline that you have to choose before you use it. And it can only be used on incidental costs, like the cost of a bag check, or I think uh, like if you buy a snack in flight or uh, I'm trying to think of any other situations. Sometimes but Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wi-Fi. So like, even though the value of that credit is only a hundred dollars less because it's a lot harder to use in your experience, it might be quite a bit worse actually than a credit that you can use on pretty much anything. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I'm probably just going to reiterate on literally every single show I do, which is that you really have to read the fine print on any financial Always. product. Always. Um, and especially on something like this where you're earning rewards, like you have to figure out if you will actually use them and if they're going to be like, I don't think I, I personally never check bags. So like a $200 incidental flight credit is like not useful for me at all essentially i don't know what i would spend it on super fast internet i guess <laughs> well well like even on the chase example that i used before it's a 300 hundred dollar travel credit and you also get three times uh every dollar you spend on travel with them but you 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 don't earn the three points until you use up the full 300 dollar credit so uh even then on a credit that's like pretty easy to use, it does not work on everything. Yeah. Yeah. I will say one perk of the Chase Sapphire Reserve, because I do have the card, is that the $300 are automatically applied to your account. But yeah, so, th so then there's like these other like random perks that you sometimes get with these cards. Like for me, the big, the big like luxury perks would be like the lounges, the travel credit, the TSA pre-check slash global entry credit. Um, like multiple free checked bags. If you, that's like a, thing that you do is you travel with checked bags um stuff like that i think is like super cool and super worth it but other things that they might give you is like i don't know the mx platinum card gives you money at Saks. do you shop at Saks? uh you I don't, personally <laughs> i'm someone that spends way too much money on my clothes and i still don't shop at Saks. So. yeah so like i don't know like they have like these other perks that like might seem really cool but then you have to like stop and think do i actually use this or like an uber credit or a lyft credit like do you take rideshare 
Like when I was living in rural Virginia, the answer was no, because it did not exist. Um, and that was even I was still traveling quite a bit back then. It just like it, you know, so you'd have to like make sure like the cost of these super expensive cards makes sense for you. Even even like the cost of cards that are like less expensive, like $100 or $50 a year, you still have to like consider whether or not it makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, I think that there's a few other things just like generally not particular to luxury travel cards that you should also watch out for. And one of those is that sometimes credit cards will um, have blackout dates for when you can actually use the points um, for, for flights, which has always really bothered me. <laughs> and that's, that's like for, and, and typically the blackout dates are like when you want to fly. So for example, when Eric wanted to fly Easter weekend, that might be a blackout date. Um, or like you can only use the points on like random Tuesdays, of the month because it's when the least number of people fly stuff like that that's something to watch out for um another thing is points expiration um sometimes points expire like i was talking about with the bank of america travel rewards like that's something you should keep in mind and also if you're not in good standing with the credit card company they can just take them away (laughs) yeah i i would also say in general um if you carry a balance ever Mm -hmm. a Rewards card probably isn't great for you um, because even though the APRs aren't super high, any interest that you pay is probably going to make up for the amount that you uh, earn from your points. Yeah, so and your interest rate can be really high. That. It definitely can be high. Yeah, yeah, it can be. It can be crazy high. It can be like in the thirties, and it's like that's that's insane. Anyway, um, I think that that's. That's about all I have to say about travel credit cards. Is there anything, any other wisdom you want to impart on us? I think we covered a lot, but I would just reiterate, like, you're going to want to find something that suits you. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to get a card that has a high fee and all kinds of perks just because it's there. Look for something that lines up with the kind of spending that you do, the kind of traveling that you do, etc. Ultimately, you should just use this as a tool to get you to be able to cover something that you would probably do anyway. Right. So I would agree with that. Look at it that way. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, you probably think it's time to go, but it's not. Uh, it's actually time for free word association. Eric, how do you feel about that? I feel great. We're going to have to cut all <laughs> these, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, just in case you've never heard of free word association, this is where someone just says a word and the other person has to say the first thing that comes to their mind. Am I responding with only one word or with anything? Oh, wow. I hadn't even thought about that. I guess whatever your heart leads you to. Okay. I can do that. Like, maybe I'll ask you to explain, but it's totally with your prerogative to be like, I'm not going to tell you why I said that. And honestly, that would actually probably be really funny to me. (laughs) Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Greyhound. So my wife is from Maine, um, and we would take a bus from Logan Airport in Boston up to Maine, and they would play the same movie like every time was Elf, every single time. (laughs) Uh, Airline pretzels. I really like airline pretzels because I like all pretzels. (laughs) I, I don't have anything else to add. I would eat like eight bags of those. If I could. Okay. Airline coffee. Terrible. It's so bad. It's so bad. There's like a scientific reason for that. I have to drink 
my coffee before I get on the airplane because I cannot drink that stuff. Uh, I will tell you a story about me being super dumb one time, which was I um, went up to the mountains with my friends and we were at 8,000 feet elevation and I thought that my hot water, my electric kettle was broken because the water would only get to like 170-ish degrees. Boiling point is way lower when you go up. (laughs) That is just physics. Um, And I had really substandard tea for a few days. See, I wouldn't think about that, but you were a scientist, so... That's true, and it also really... I would expect better of you. It honestly really affects your baking. Um, It's a huge problem in Colorado. That's why there's, like, separate directions for people from Colorado on all of, like, your cake mix stuff. Um, This is just, like, a question for you. Do you like watching movies on airplanes? Uh, yes. So I watch a lot of movies anyway. What I watch on airplanes specifically, every superhero movie or like every big like uh like big series, I will only watch those on airplanes. I don't go to see them in the theater. So I've seen like all the Marvel movies on airplanes. I watched Star Wars, like 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 the new ones on airplanes, because like ultimately I'm not that interested in them, but I do want to see them. Um, so I told that to a coworker who has left now, who really really liked Marvel. She was horrified when I told her. This. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I watched that on a tiny screen where I couldn't even really hear it that well oh she was so mad at me honestly though those are probably better movies to watch on airplanes because like there's always that really awkward experience when you have someone who's like either very young or very old sitting next to you and there's a sex scene and you're like i'm just gonna i thought they edit those out usually most of the time they do um also i i've definitely told you this um which is that i always cry when i watch movies on airplanes Uh, apparently there's like a a reason for it in there some is? way a scientific reason yeah i need to look into this because i cried when i watched aquaman um <laughs> and not because it was bad it just felt very emotional i really liked aquaman <laughs> <laughs> i actually i did not watch that one on on an airplane um uh i have a friend who he had to fly so he was really drunk when he got on the plane and he put on tangled the animated movie and by the end he was just like deep bawling sobbing (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah yeah i watched marley and me on a plane one time oh yeah you which was you can't watch that on a plane a mistake but what was really funny was the guy next to me his headset wasn't working and he was like watching on my screen and like by the end of it i do that sometimes well by the end of it we were both crying and like (laughs) he didn't even have the sound (laughs) (laughs) and i like look over at him and i was like is he crying like for a different reason and then i realized he's just like been watching the entire time um he can still follow the plot that's great uh anyway eric thank you so much for coming on the show you're welcome back anytime yeah, there are all kinds of credit cards. I could talk about cash back credit cards. I could talk about uh, all the other kinds. <laughs> Just that one kind and then all the other yeah. the other ones too. Well, thank you, Mr. Freeman. I hope you have a wonderful day. I will. Thank you. <laughs>